0: Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie here. I'm so glad you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. So my prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy today's message. talk to you about today actually is spirituality and new covenant worship i mean wow i mean t- today we had fantastic we always have fantastic worship here okay but i mean today with the added chorus and everything it was just marvelous i mean wow 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 uh, basically what i want to say is worship is actually a spiritual practice right If you agree, go like this. If you disagree, go like this. (laughs) I'd like to go start off by going to an Old Testament text that has huge implications for all of our lives. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Did you know that God has placed in you a desire to live forever? It's in all of us as human beings. He puts it in all of us. Uh, you know, we as people, all of us, we're going to die. <laughs> Nobody leaves this planet alive. You know, how long is a good life? 70 years? 80 years? 90 years? 100 years? I'm 80 years old and I tell you 80's not old. <laughs> yeah. 80 doesn't have to be old. You know, we think of aging as, you know, this getting older, sicker, weaker and more stupid. But that's not God's design, or is it God's plan? If you read carefully the book of Proverbs, you discover that a long, healthy, productive life is what God promises us if we will follow his wisdom. Now, let me show you two verses of scripture that have to do with longevity. They're pretty, pretty important, actually. Genesis chapter three, verse 6, verse 3, then the Lord said, my spirit will not always contend with humans... For they are mortal, and their days will be 120 years. Did you know that God's designed lifespan for us is at least 120 years? Deuteronomy, chapter 34, verse 7, and Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak or his strength gone. Moses died, eyes... Eyes were the sign of, of uh, mental health and, and uh, sharpness. So his mind was still sharp, and his body was still strong. He died healthy at 120. Okay? You see, I believe that God's design for us is that our health span and our lifespan be equal. That actually, we live long lives, uh... And we're healthy the whole time. You may not know this, but science has discovered more about health, nutrition, and longevity in the last 20 years than the previous 2,000 years. But most of that knowledge is not widely known. Did you know that the body never loses its ability to get stronger and to grow muscle? Truth is, we can die young at a very old age. Now, I've studied this topic over the last three and a half years. I've read more than 60 books on the topic and listened to hours of podcasts on nutrition, health, and longevity, and I've really put it to practice in my own life. There was a huge transition for me. I don't know. Some of you may remember this. Three and a half years ago, I spent 68 days in the hospital. Um, many of you prayed for me. My problem was I had a blood infection, and I have two artificial heart valves, mechanical heart valves, and blood infections that attack those. And if it's not solved, you die. Uh, well, to treat a blood infection, you have to have 24 hour seven a IV feed on antibiotics has to go on for 24 hours, seven. The way, only way you can do it is to have a, have a home nurse come to your house and live with you or uh, go to a you know, full-time facility, uh, a hospital or a rehab center or something. In my case, it was a nursing home. Um, and, and I was forced to live there for 68 days. Now, praise God, the, the, the treatment works and your prayers were answered and uh, the, the blood infection was cured. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But, but I want you to know it was, I don't know if you've been in that, probably most of us have not lived in nursing homes yet. Uh, it is not a fun place. Everybody, I was the only walking patient there. Everybody else was in a wheelchair or on a walker. Everybody was taking 10 or more prescription medications a day. Um, And when I got out, I said, I am never going back there again. (laughs) (laughs) And I came out and I came home and I began an earnest study on the topics of health, longevity, and nutrition. Like I said, I've read more than 60 books on the subject. I've listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts, and I have totally changed my life and my body. I've lost 30 pounds. Yeah. I only eat whole and and clean foods. Uh, Emphasis on protein. I eat no sugar or starches. By the way, sugars are, sugar is now called the new recreational drug. It's that detrimental to us as humans. Um, I work out four times a week. I've shifted my whole body composition. I am now stronger at 80 than I was at 65. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but the largest organ in the body is not the skin. It's skeletal muscle. Uh, skeletal muscle makes up 40% of a human body. Way more uh, in terms of its mass than, than, than the skin. Skeletal muscle is the organ of health and longevity. Really, really key. After 30, we begin to lose between 3 and 13% of our skeletal muscle every, every decade. Um... You can do something about it. And I'm here to be that model for you. Because I have really changed my life and my body. My total body composition has changed. Minnesota deadlift, deadlift is when you reach down, pick up the bar, raise it up to your knee, or raise it up to your, you know, with your shoulders back, that's called a deadlift. It's actually probably the, the premier lift of, for, for just strength overall. Um, Minnesota record is 305 pounds for that lift. The U.S. record, for an 80-year-old man, not, an, you know, an 80-year-old man, 305 pounds, Minnesota record. The, the U.S. record is 320 pounds. I can do 430 pounds. I've learned so much on this journey as well as in terms of my adop- adopting this new lifestyle of mine, uh, and we're going to do a seminar, January 20th, going to teach a seminar on it, uh, on nutrition, health, longevity, and, uh, and you're welcome to come. It'll be January 20th, it's a Saturday, and uh, we'll, you'll, we'll make you aware of it, and uh, you're invited. <laughs> I, I like to call it dying young at a very old age. And we're going to teach you how to do that. So (laughs) anyway, I want to move into the topic today. (laughs) Spirituality and New Covenant worship. Now, spiritual is a word we use a lot, especially in churches. But an awful lot of people have no idea of what it really means. What's the understanding behind the word spiritual? Uh, It sounds mystical. It sounds, you know sounds like well it must be holy but you know quite frankly the word has a number of elements connected to it and concepts which which are part of it one of the concepts is spiritual is beyond our world spiritual is beyond our world as we know it the world we live in is a world that's measured by three dimensions and five senses That's how we measure our world. The concept of spirituality takes us beyond our world as we know it. Beyond what you can measure by three dimensions and five senses. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Everything we see, it was made out of what was not visible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Do you realize there is a universe that is more real than the chairs you're sitting in? More real than the air that we're breathing. The spiritual. The spiritual. There's a world that we can't see. And yet, it's more real than the world that we can. Let me give you a spiritual application of it. 1 John chapter 5. Oh. First John chapter five verse twelve. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And verse uh, well verse eleven starts out, and this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And then verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I like to put it this way. There's a spiritual knowing, and and here's the best explanation I can give you for it. I know in my knower that I know in my knower that I know. (laughs) It's not real logical, you know, necessarily, but it's true. It's true. I know, and by knower that I know, and by knower that I know. I know I'm a son of God. And I may not be able to give you a good explanation for that, but the truth is, you could hold a gun to my head and I would die <laughs> before I deny that truth. Because I know. Spiritual knowing, deep deep sense within us it's it's part of what goes on for us uh, you know you may be sitting here today and uh, you know i don't know what your journey with the house church is and and or with christianity is and some you some here may be pretty new to the whole experience and and when you head into your you know your relationship with jesus at early you begin you know you question, you question it at times am i saved am i not saved you know you It's one of the things that goes on in a lot of people. I can answer that for you real easily. You know, just with one question Do you have the Son? (laughs) Because he who has the Son has eternal life. That's the truth of it. If Jesus is in your heart, you have eternal life and you are saved. John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life. No one can pluck them out of my hand. I hold them in my hand and no one can take them out of my hand. My father is greater than me. He holds them in his hand and no one can take them out of my father's hand. Knowing. A spiritual knowing. Do you know him for sure? Because <laughs> if you do, you have eternal life the second element carried by the word spiritual is is the element of eternity true spirituality is beyond time time as we know it true spirituality moves us out of time into eternity jesus has this experience encounter in his life it's found in john chapter six and I'm gonna pick it up, I'll you know, i read from verse 60 on. And on, on hearing this, he's Jesus is teaching a large crowd. On hearing this, many of his disciples said, This is hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this uh, does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The spirit gives life, but the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some among you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father enables him. And verse 66, I'll put that on the board. From that time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And the crowd suddenly got up and they said, this is a hard teaching, we can't accept it. And they rushed out the door in the cloud of dust. And when it finally settled, only the 12 were left. And Jesus said then, do you not want to leave too? Do you? Jesus asked the 12. You can almost hear the... The tears in his expression and Simon Peter speaks up Simon Peter answered him Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life we have come to believe to know that you are the Holy One from God What Peter is saying is, Lord, you have enabled us to see into the eternal and that glimpse has changed us forever. We have been touched by the eternal and we cannot unsee it. (laughs) It has created in us a hunger that we can't say no to. What I want us to know as human beings is that once You've been touched by the eternal. It changes you. It changes you forever. Once we have encountered the reality of the eternal, we cannot unsee it. We cannot undo it. Third element in terms of the eternal is spirituality releases a deep sense of joy. A deep sense of joy. Psalms chapter 16, 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasure at your right hand. I've memorized that in terms of in the presence of the Lord is a fullness of joy. In his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, there is. There's this great joy connected to spirituality. I, you know, I, I believe, <laughs> I, I believe that, that worship is, is supposed to be fun because it's filled with joy. Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah's the guy that uh, came after the destruction of the temple. He came back to help build the walls of Jerusalem once the temple was rebuilt. And uh, in the book of Nehemiah, they're, they've been doing this for a long time, and they now have completed the project. When they complete the project, they also uncovered some copies of the law. So Nehemiah and Ezra, the prophet, they are reading the law to the people. They've all gathered around. They're reading the law to the people. And as they do that, then Nehemiah, the governor of uh, verse 9, Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 9 then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them this day is sacred to the Lord do not weep or mourn for all the people had been weeping for as they listened to the words of the law they realized how short they were falling of it and they began to weep and Nehemiah and Ezra say stop, hold the train, stop God has just done a great work through us Do not weep, mourn, or repent because this is a holy day set apart unto the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, I think we have that. Yeah, there it is. Nehemiah said, go enjoy choice food, sweet drinks. Send to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Happy people are holy people. And holy people are happy people. It's true. It's true. Now, so far, you know, this has just been the introduction (laughs) to to what I want to talk to you about, which is new covenant worship. Uh, In Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, In this encounter, Jesus is in a discussion with her, and I'll pick it up at verse 19, chapter 4, verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus declared, believe me, woman, the time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You see, in the Old Testament, worship was centered in a place. In the temple, you know, or Mount Garrison, if you were a Samaritan, or, you know, or in the synagogue. You Samaritans... Worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know for salvation comes from the Jews. But then verse 23, and I'll put it on the board. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. New covenant worship. It's worship in the spirit and in the truth. What's it mean to worship in truth? Well, I believe that's really connected to the first commandment. Exodus chapter 20, verse three. You shall have no other gods before me. Truth is, there's only one at the top. The Lord God Almighty, he is creator of all things. To him alone belong all glory and praise and honor and worship. The single truth guides all of our worship. Let me tell you this. I so appreciate worship at the house church because it's always so vertical. It's always about God. It's about God's goodness and greatness and holiness and awesomeness. We worship our God in truth. We also, you know, worship him in spirit. They say, well, what's that mean? <laughs> you know, we we looked at this a little bit before. You know, when we say we worship him in spirit, we're referring to the three things we talked about. It, you know, our worship is beyond this world. We could say, it's out of this world. True worship is beyond what we can do by ourselves. We might use the tools of the world. We sing songs. We play instruments uh we have music but as we do that there's a supernatural layer that's added the holy spirit comes and helps us so that our worship is filled by his presence as we worship by the spirit of god he joins us and and in our worship and empowers us by his presence to honor god in ways that we could never do on our own See, supernatural, or spirit, or work, new covenant worship becomes supernatural. Supernatural. Worship also connects us to eternity beyond, to eternity beyond. Because God's presence is in worship, we touch eternity and eternity touches us while we worship. It's one of the things that makes worship such a glorious experience. We, like Peter, are touched by the eternal. And our souls come alive and a deep hunger is set on fire inside of us. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it happens to me quite a bit, actually. Uh, I'm worshiping and as I'm doing, uh, um, I sense the presence of God coming and, and suddenly I realized I got tears flowing down my face. And I think, if I'm happy, why am I crying? <laughs> Well, here's what I think happens. See, the love of God in that worship, the love of God and the spirit of God come, it comes and embraces our heart and, and our interior walls go down and his love heals our brokenness, heals our hearts. And, and over the years, I, God's done a, a lot of healing in my life in worship services. It's a wonderful thing. Third, worship releases a deep sense of joy. I said it earlier, the closer you get to God, the happier we become. In the presence of God, the fullness of joy is right hand, our pleasures forevermore. There's a great and famous composer named George Frederick Handel. Handel. Um, He created what is considered by many the greatest piece of music ever written or performed. During his lifetime, Handel, Handel conducted the London Philharmonic Orchestra, and they were in the last rehearsal before the London's performance of Handel's Oratory. The chorus had sung through to the point where the soprano solo picks up the refrain I know that my Redeemer liveth. The woman had perfect technique, flawless breathing, accurate note placing, flawless enunciation. But, but when she finished the last note, Handel silenced the orchestra. Sorrowfully, he said, my daughter, you don't know that your Redeemer liveth, do you? Why, well, 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 yes, she stammered. Uh, quietly, I think I do the great conductor paused for a moment and then he said, Then sing it! (laughs) Sing it so I and all who hear you know that you not only know it, but you know the joy and the power of it. And he motioned the orchestra to play again. And this time, this time she sang the truth as she knew it in her heart. She sang with no thought of applause. She sang so gloriously that all who heard, forgot about the craftsman's work and wept under the spell of the singer's soul. <laughs> he quieted the orchestra. and tears flowing down his face, Hannah went up to her, kissed her forehead and said, My daughter, you do know, for you have just told me so. How do you worship? Are you free to worship with all your heart? I don't believe there's anything as life-giving as all-out, spirit-empowered, heart-rendering, emotion-filled worship. One more text today. Book of Revelation. Revelation last book in the bible written by the apostle john and and i know that an awful lot of people think of revelation as the you know basically it's about the end times that's not the subject of the book of revelation actually the title is not revelation uh we see the title if we go to the first john revelation chapter 1 verse 1 the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. The name or title of the book is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. This book is about Jesus Christ. Oh. And it's easy to miss that if you're not careful, because people get all wound up about, oh wow, look at that, and look at that, and it's going to happen and terrible, and everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And I don't believe that. I I know there's wars and rumors of wars, you know, but but Jesus said there'll be wars and rumors of wars till I come, till I come. I don't really believe the world is getting worse and worse, folks. I don't believe that. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, no, no, no. You, you Jesus said, Jesus said, this gospel, I'm going to unleash it, this gospel of the kingdom. I'm going to unleash it, and when I unleash it, it will spread throughout the world like yeast spreads in a loaf or a lump of dough. Do you realize that today one third of the planet belongs to the church? Yeah, we live in America, and I, I realize that you know I believe the church is being reinvented, and I believe that the house church is one of the assigned churches to help reinvent the church. So, uh, but 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 we're not lo- we're not losing. The gospel is fa- spreading faster than population, and Jesus, you know. Praise God. The bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, white and clean were given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. The bride has made herself ready. Can anybody hear that? The bride is making herself ready. That's what's going on. That's what we're doing here right now. We're part of this. We're part of this. And I believe Jesus has, given, has taken the assignment of winning or taking back planet Earth and he has asked the church to help him and that's what we're doing. And we're not losing, we're winning. The church is not getting smaller, it's growing faster every day. Oh, I was try to remember where I lost my place <laughs> okay what I want we're, we're gonna look at if we looked at this whole book we'd be here till next Sunday so um, chapter four I'll read a little of this after I looked John is you know he's he just saw the seven churches And then after, it says, after this, I looked before me and there was a door standing open in heaven and a voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet and said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and there before me, and so John enters into heaven or a vision of heaven, we don't know which, and there before me was a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had a appearance of jasper and Car- <coughs> carnelian a rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne and surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were 24 elders and they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads you might ask well who, who's the 24 elders and A lot of explanations have been written about this. So, you know, but I I believe it's the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles of the church. In other words, you have the old and new covenant right there before the throne worshiping. And then we come, you know, in the center of the throne were four living creatures. Here's what we want to focus on. And, And they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third was like the face of a man. And the fourth was, fly, was like a flying eagle. And I'll put this on the board, verse 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Um, now the eyes are real critical because in the bible in the bible the eye is the organ of perception and intelligence whenever you hear or read the eye being referred to it really you know it's a sign of intelligence and perception Uh, you you gotta see these four living creatures because they are covered with eyes all around, even under their wings where maybe they wouldn't necessarily need them, they're covered with eyes. These are the single most perceptive and intelligence created beings ever. They're so perceptive and intelligent and they're before the throne. And they never stop saying "Holy, holy, holy." Now we, you know, we, I, I, there's certainly nothing wrong with "Holy, holy, holy," but if you've been in heaven for ten thousand years, you might be, get bored with it, right? <laughs> but that's not what's going on here. You see, what happens is the Lord shows God shows His glory, and the four living creatures, the most perceptive beings ever created intelligent beings ever created they look at god's glory they go holy 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 and they fall down and worship him and they look up and god reveals a whole nother layer of his glory (laughs) and they go oh holy holy we didn't know that about you god holy 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 and they bow down and then God reveals another layer of his glory. And they look up and there it is, all new, all even more beautiful. And, and there, there it is. And, and they can't help themselves. Holy, holy, holy. You see, and God is eternal and infinite. This goes on. I believe that as human beings, probably our highest calling is to follow the four living creatures, is to worship our God. Um, that, that we are, as human beings, will never be more fulfilled than those moments when we really know that we have connected or are connecting to the living God in worship. And my, my challenge to all of us today as you think about it, I, I believe you know, that we will be more alive when we pull out all the stops, throw away all the hindrances, put away all the, our inhibitions and come before God and worship him with all of our hearts and all of our bodies and all of our souls and all of our emotions. That actually we we've been designed for that Uh, Sean you want to come up I mean Seth (laughs) I'm okay hmm Close your eyes in prayer, please. Father in heaven, we come before you in in this moment, and and as we do, we, we recognize. How awesome, amazing, wonderful, holy. We we don't have enough adjectives to talk about who you are and your grandeur and your greatness and all who that means. And we would say with the psalmist, who is man that thou art mindful of him and yet, and yet he has made us <laughs> in his image. He has redeemed us and put new life in us. And the call in our lives is that we might worship him, that we would worship him with our lives and all that we do and all that we're about. And I don't know this morning as we talk about this, I, I don't know what might be hindering you and your worship. You know what you know, What stops you? Well, that's out of my comfort zone. <laughs> Get a new comfort zone because he is worthy. He is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy. And I would invite you to pray a bold prayer. It's a, it would just go like this. And Lord, show me whatever I might be holding back in terms of worshiping you with all that I am, with all my heart, soul, mind, body, spirit, emotions, that I might be that worshiper. Worshiping you fully and completely. Help me see. Help me step over those things which block me from from worshiping you the way that you deeply deserve and, and my heart truly wants to. That we might more than anything be known as a house of worship. As a house of worship to our lord our god our king one one more thing and that's just simply this that yeah, we talked a little bit about salvation and and, and people you know depends where you're at in your journey but people often start coming to a church and and that's necessarily no you know am i safe for sure am i that becomes a question and and they're not sure and this morning, if you're sitting here, you have any doubts at all about your own salvation, I, I'm going to invite you to, I want you to pray a prayer with me. I'm going to pray it out loud. You can follow along. I'll, I'll, I'll go in phrases so you can just follow along softly or silent if you want to. But I don't want anyone to leave here today without knowing for sure that you have the Son. He lives in your heart. He's given you eternal life. He holds you in His hand. If there's any doubt at all let's settle that right now okay <laughs> pray this with me dear lord jesus i open up the door of my heart to you the door of my life jesus i invite you to come into my heart and into my life i receive from you the gift of the forgiveness of all my sins that you paid for on the cross And Jesus, I want to affirm right now that I am your son, I am your daughter. You hold me in your hand. Just affirm that. Affirm that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. One, one more thing before we're dismissed, and Pastor Jamie uh, does such a marvelous job at keeping, keeping, continue to bless us as a congregation. And uh, he uses the instructions, for the most part, the instructions of uh, chapter six of Numbers. And, uh, The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites, say to them. And then the instruction at the end, then it says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Uh Blessing is not a religious thing. It's not a ritual. It's a transaction. (laughs) There's benefit being transferred. And so, okay, so that's how we're going to do this this morning, all right? (laughs) So stand to your feet. Look up and receive the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and his kindness and indeed infuse you with his peace. In your labor and your leisure you're coming and you're going this day and all week long i declare it in jesus name amen (laughs) thanks for listening to this week's sermon it's our hope that god touched your life in a truly meaningful way and if you were impacted please let us know by writing a review or share it with friends if you'd like more information on the house church we would love to connect you with our community Please visit us at ITheHouse.org for more information. We'll see you next week.